The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew, drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Over the last 50 years, and in particular in the last 10 to 20 years, the church in the Western world has been hemorrhaging members. And it's only natural, especially for those of us who are obviously observant in our faith, who are coming to Mass early on a Sunday morning, it's only natural to feel that I'm doing the best that I can, or I'm not necessarily responsible for those people leaving. And while it's true that people leave for myriad reasons, one of the reasons that people leave, especially those who leave the practice of the Catholic faith and go to a Protestant church, for instance, is one of the reasons they give, one of the prominent reasons, is that they never felt welcome in the Catholic church. They never felt like the person sitting next to them, who sat next to them for every Sunday for 10 years, even knew who they were. And then they go to this Protestant church, or they go to this megachurch, this non-denominational church, and all of a sudden, someone cares. Someone knows their name. Someone knows their story. Someone is inviting them out for coffee. 
And again, it's easy to say, well, I go out of my way, I welcome people, I say hello. But the challenge is always deeper. It's always, am I going that extra mile? Am I challenging myself to whenever the stranger comes in, to whenever a new servant of God enters into my midst, to be the one that welcomes and embraces them? Or am I like the servants in the gospel today who drive them away? I might say hello, but do I actually make eye contact? Do I actually get to know that person? And this is tough because we want to be the change in the world. We want to help, but oftentimes we put priorities above our brother and sister sitting right next to us. How easy is it to receive communion and dash out to the parking lot and get on our way on a Sunday It's a lot easier to do that than to stay and talk after Mass. To stay and get to know the person sitting next to us. That is not easy, but that is what we're called to do. Because the Lord is constantly sending people into our midst to help us, to deepen us. But when we say to ourselves, I've got to figure it out, I don't need another friend. I don't need another person from church. I don't need another Bible study or fellowship group or something like that. Then we start to send people away. We start to treat them in a way that is incommensurate with our relationship with God. And so we are challenged by this gospel to produce good fruit, to see everyone that comes into our life as someone whose life we can change, who can change our life, who can be the great fruit that we produce. And it's not easy, though. And so we have to challenge ourselves always to go back to square one. To start with what St. Paul says in the second reading. Those things that are just, honorable, lovely. Because if I can look at my life, because I might think that I'm treating people with justice, but when I go back, I realize, "Mm, maybe I'm not. Or maybe the purity that I think I have in my life isn't there, or the honor I have. So if we keep going back in our own prayer life, in our own walk with the Lord to those basic fundamental things, we start to realize, I'm not quite there yet. I still need conversion. I still need change. I still need new people, new ideas, new relationships to help draw that out of me, to help deepen my walk with the Lord. And not only that, but I need to listen to the new people who are coming into my life. The four previous popes, Pope Paul, or I guess five, John John Paul I only was pope for 30 days, so he didn't really have a long time to establish this. But Paul VI, St. John Paul II, Pope Benedict XVI, and now Pope Francis have been emphasizing this again and again and again. That call to our own personal renewal, but also reaching out and allowing the world and allowing the things around us to change us and to develop us. And so I'd like to highlight three people in our life who can help us understand what it means to be the good tenant. Because the Lord has given us this incredible church. The Lord has given us this incredible faith. Just like he did in the gospel. The master gives, the master hedges, digs, builds, and he puts us there. But he wants us to produce good fruit. And there are three people I want to highlight who can help us understand how to produce better fruit. How to reach out to those in need. How to love our brothers and sisters in our midst even more. And the first is the obvious one I just mentioned to him, Pope Francis. 
Pope Francis is constantly challenging us to go to the peripheries. If our faith is comfortable, and if the people who share our faith don't challenge us in any way, we are going to be petrified. We are going to become hardened of heart and of mind. We need people in our life who are going to challenge our understanding of what it means to love Jesus, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be in the church. And this is a great challenge for each of us especially because it's so easy to kind of ensconce ourselves in this little bubble of like-mindedness. That I can, just by the way I even consume the media, only hear the side that I like to hear. And when we do that in the church, it starts to harden our hearts. And when new ideas come in, we see them as evil, as other, as wrong. And Pope Francis is saying to us, go to the peripheries. Invite those people into your life who don't share your political ideas, don't share your ecclesial ideas, don't necessarily understand Jesus in the way that you do. And in that relationship, in that encounter, you can start to produce something that's great for yourself and for the other person. The second person I'd like to highlight is Bishop Robert Barron. And Bishop Robert Barron tells us that instead of trying to convince other people that they need to believe what I believe, by trying to convince them to believe what is true, what I believe to be true to be true, lead with the beautiful. You know, we talk about the transcendentals, the good, the beautiful, and the true. Well, if you walk outside of these walls, and perhaps even in these walls, people will have drastically different understandings of what the good and even the true are. But the beautiful, the beautiful churches, the beautiful works of art, the beautiful relationships and the beautiful people who are in this world speak and preach in a way that is universally understandable. You can't go to a Missionaries of Charity house anywhere in this world and not be just in absolute awe of the beauty of women who have given their lives to serve the poorest of the poor. You don't even have to believe in Jesus to recognize that beauty. And so with our brothers and sisters, especially those in need, let us lead with beauty. And lastly, there's a guy by the name of Curtis Martin who founded Focus, which we have five Focus missionaries with our campus ministry here. And one of the things that Curtis Martin talks about again and again and again is the importance of virtuous friendships. Friendships that don't just make us feel good, but that make us good. That challenge us to be better constantly. And when we start to reach out to those in need, like Pope Francis tells us, when we start to lead with the beautiful, like Bishop Barron encourages us, and when we start to build friendships with people that are based on a desire for holiness, a desire for perfection, and moving in that direction and building each other up in that direction, then we can almost be assured that the fruit we produce is great. And instead of sending people away, people will be attracted to us. And we will love the fact that people are coming to us. Jesus says at the end of the gospel today, something hard. The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. But we believe in the power of conversion, the constant call to redemption and salvation. And we recognize that though my fruit might not be great, I might have produced no fruit at this point, that with a conversion of heart, 
with an openness to change and a willingness to invite Jesus into the dark recesses of my life, I too can be the one that produces that fruit that changes lives, that changes the world.